Hey, I'm back. Inspired by another memory. It has to do with Paul. Kind of, sort of. I mean, because Paul was really instrumental into, for lack of a better way to put it, turning me on to a lot of things gay, a lot of things that would be enjoyable, and frankly, a lot of things that had a lot of memories that stayed with me well to this day, actually. One of the things involved the Rocky Horror Show, and I go back to the Old Globe Theater and the Cassius Carter Theater. That's the first memory that I've got that led to that. Paul was actually quite knowledgeable and influential with the individuals behind the inner workings of the Old Globe Theater and the Cassius Carter Theater. And if you don't know, the Old Globe Theater is located in Balboa Park, which is in the middle of and quite the highlight of downtown San Diego. The Cassius Carter Theater is the theater in the round adjacent to the Old Globe Theater. And both were an active part of my life. More so the Cassius Carter Theater, the theater in the round, than the Old Globe Theater, although I took my opportunities wherever I could. And just to be honest with you, Balboa Park included, back in the day, the best bushes to go cruising in. I have plenty of stories about that. Those will be in Bush Baby part stories later on, because that's where I met Wayne and Bob and... Oh my God, so many, I can't even remember. Anyway, back to the story of the Rocky Horror Show. So, Paul had taken me to see a play that was actually in the Old Globe Theater, and I don't remember the name of the play, but I do remember the character-like people in the play. And I'm always about looking for a play where there's a dominant woman, a bitch, if you will, I always gravitated towards the bitch. And more so the bitch with a message, because I think that bitch gets a bad rap, because I think throughout a good portion of our culture, women had to be bitches to get ahead and to get their due and to get what they deserved. So they had to be that one up that got people's attentions. And in this particular play, and again, I can't remember the name of it. It was something from outer space or something like that. I don't remember. Anyway, there was a character in there um, who was the bitch with whom I fell in love. And Paul had told me that there was a play that he had seen in Los Angeles that he wanted me to go see with him. And my first question was, is there a bitch in the play? And he said, yes, there definitely is a bitch in the play. So, hey, I'm on. We made our plans. We went to see 
The Rocky Horror Show at the Roxy Theater in downtown Hollywood. And we get in, we get our seats, we get our programs, we get our cute little masks that were in the shape of uh, Columbia's head, who actually Columbia is the character on the playbill for the Roxy and for the Broadway production of the Rocky Horror Show in New York City. Yeah, there'll be more about that later too. But, so, the reason I bring that up is because I actually have an original 1975 playbill opening night on Broadway and an original 1975 mask that you get when you walk into the Roxy Theater to see the Rocky Horror Show. And I think a lot of people who know me, and you don't, so I'll share this with you, know that I collect Broadway playbills. And I'm very specific about my Broadway playbills. I collect opening night Broadway playbills, primarily from the 1970s. Those would include a chorus line, a Rocky Horror Show, or a Little Shop of Horrors, or a Little Night Music, a chorus line, Jesus Christ Superstar, The Wiz. Oh my God, I can't wait to tell you about going to see The Wiz on Broadway. I can't wait to tell you about seeing Chicago on Broadway. That's another opening night playbill I have. And I have interesting autographs from um, char- or actors in the playbill. Again, let me get back to the point that I'm trying to make here. So, we sat down, the show started, out came the the usherette, and I was in love. The usherette, if you don't know, equates to the lips the image of the lips in the movie. And by the way, the movie was a total bastardization of the original play, both at the Roxy and in New York City. And what was an interesting side to that is that the Roxy Theater, the original cast of the Roxy Theater, went to Broadway including Tim Curry. And the original London Roxy cast, to include Tim Curry, made the movie. I'm biased because of the original Roxy cast in Hollywood, but they were far superior. And it really hurts me that a lot of people haven't been able to see that to be able to compare. But one thing that I want to recommend to you is is that online and YouTube, you can actually catch the, I think it's the 40th anniversary of the Rocky Horror Show in a London production. And you actually get to see what the stage show resembled. And I say resembled because 
there were a whole lot of Rocky Horror Picture Show people in the audience who felt the need, which is very inappropriate and very classless, to yell out at the actors in the play like they do in the movie. But I do have to say that the actors and the narrator especially handled it quite gracefully. They were prepared for it. So if you get the opportunity to check that out on YouTube, the 40th anniversary of the Rocky Horror Show um, stage version, do that just to collect some information. So we're in the show and it starts and Jamie comes out. Jamie, I call her Jamie because she was a friend of mine and I'll get more into that later um, as the usherette. Then the play goes on and it starts introducing the characters of Magenta and Columbia and Riff Raff and the narrator. And then all of a sudden that part comes where you're in suspense. Something is going to happen, but you don't know what that is. So you're watching the front of the house and all of a sudden something starts happening in the back of the house. At first, I didn't know to turn around and look to see what was going on in the back of the house. But then all of a sudden, I did. And there was my bitch. It was Frankenfurter. Now, when I went to see it, Tim Curry had already left the production at the Roxy to go start filming the movie. So I hadn't seen him originally. It was Paul Jabara. And Paul Jabara, I don't know if any of you know, was in Thank God It's Friday, the first and I think only movie that Donna Summer starred in. And actually, Paul Jabara wrote some of the music for Thank God It's Friday to include Last Dance. So Paul Jabara, unbeknownst to me, actually, was quite the biggie, and I didn't know. But I have to tell you, He was excellent. He was absolutely excellent. And for me, will be the only Frankenfurter with whom I fell in love. I fell in love with the bitch, Paul Jabara. He was great. Fast forward a little bit. After a couple shows, I got the nerve up to... (laughs) <laughs> to be honest with you, and I, it's so surprising to me these days that you could do it then, but you can't do it now. I called on my own home phone and asked to be connected backstage because I wanted to talk with Jamie Donnelly. Jamie Donnelly played the usherette and Magenta. And like I said, remember, I saw the usherette and Magenta and I fell in love. Yes, I fell in love with the bitch who was Paul Jabara, but that was because of the bitch thing. Jamie was a a class of her own. And lo and behold, I called, asked to speak to Jamie, and she came on the phone. And she was the nicest person you ever could imagine to talk to. And I told her how much we loved her as the favorite in the show. And I met we because I had met people going to see the show through Paul. Paul had introduced me to these various people because of course he had already been to see the show. So through Paul, I met 
more people. And all of us were fascinated and fixated on Jamie's magenta and the usherette. And I told her so. And she was so humbled she did not realize that she had quote-unquote fans out in the audience. So I shared with her that, you know, I was fascinated with her and I'm going to be coming back to see the show again, which I did again and again and again and again, as long as it lasted thereafter at the Roxy. But in this particular case, I was going to see the show on my birthday, December 1st. And I told her that. And she said, wonderful, expect a surprise. And that's all I knew. So when I went to see the show on my birthday, December 1st, I'm not saying December 1st, so everybody can wish me happy birthday on December 1st. I'm just saying it because all of a sudden I like saying December 1st. But we were in the audience. Of course, I was in the front row. Jamie came out as the usherette. And for some reason, she was looking at me. She was throwing candy at me. It was almost as if she knew who I were. And I had no idea that she knew. So the show went on and we enjoyed the entire show. And of course, I got more attention when she was playing Magenta and the show ended. And so it was at the end of the show and me and my big mouth, of course, you heard the podcast from before Big Mouths Matter, so you know that I have a big mouth and I've always had one. I had mentioned to a lot of the people I met that Jamie had said that there was going to be a surprise. And I forgot to mention, she said meet her at the, um, you know, near the stage where the actors come out. And I had mentioned that. So it was time. I got to the stage exit or the backstage exit And there were so many people in front of me, I couldn't even get up to the front. And I thought, okay, I'm screwed. She's going to come out. She's going to wonder who I am, first of all, and where I am and not know. And I'm going to miss out on my opportunity. Well, I was totally mistaken because she came out and she stood there and she had something in her hand and she looked over the crowd. And again, our eyes locked. And she, for some reason, knew me. And she came directly towards me. And she gave me what she had in her hand, which was an autographed picture signed to me with love. Oh my God, I almost plotsed. It was fantastic. I felt like I was the star of the night. And not only did I get that, but she invited me to go backstage to her dressing room to talk with her. And the fascinating thing about it is I don't have that particular autograph picture anymore. As we move and as we change venues and locations, we lose things over the years. That was one of the things that I lost. However, I do still have a couple of Polaroids, because remember, we're talking about 1975, of Jamie 
half in costume and half out of costume in her dressing room that I was able to take. And she gave me some souvenirs. I lost them as well, too. But I have those pictures. And they're still here. And they're wonderful memories. And by the way, if you go to my Facebook page, Lived to Tell, I'll post those pictures there so you can take a look at them and enjoy them. Um, That's the story of my first encounter with the Rocky Horror Show. And it has been a memory that has stayed with me to now. And it will be probably to my dying day because it is such a precious memory. How do you think I felt when I realized that Jamie was in Greece? Yes, Jamie was in Greece, the movie with John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. Jamie played the brusha, brusha, brusha girl. Yep, that's her. Anyway, I think I'm going to stop there. And I'm going to part two with the story about how I followed Jamie to New York City to see the Broadway version of the Rocky Horror Show and the various shenanigans we got into in New York City. Now, don't get overly excited I mean, they were shenanigans for me because I was in hog heaven being able to learn about a new city. Remember, it was the first time that I had ever been to New York City. So I've got a whole backstory about that with regard to my parents letting me go and getting there and experiencing the city and everything. So like I said, I'm going to stop here and I will resume with a part two of this particular story later on. And maybe not in the next podcast, because I want to keep everybody waiting and hoping and all that. But I thought I'd share this one, and eventually the second part of it will come out. So please stay tuned, and thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. And I'm here, and I've lived to tell. Night.